What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly podcast for movies that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, and are otherwise unoriginal and uninspiring, except for today (laughs) and every other end of the year that we've been a podcast when we've changed our own rules because, in fact, I can do whatever I want. We can do that. There's no network here. There's (laughs) nobody above me. It doesn't fucking matter what I want to do. So today we're doing top fives of the whole year because 2019 is over. I, of course, am your crazy... Crazy host Blake Schultz and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. 2019 is over. It is. Terrence, it's done. We put that fucker to bed. The whole decade. Um, the whole decade is over. <laughs> and a lot of people are doing like decade in review. Decades films. in review, which is something that I can't even I, fathom. I can't wrap my head around that. I've seen like people doing their top ten list for the decade. I'm like, oh, my head would explode. I need a list in front of me. Yeah. And then I get really weird. And I think before we do this, um, but we should talk a little bit about reviews. Yeah. Because we're in a unique place where I pretend that our show isn't a review show. <laughs> we're also in a unique place in that we don't have like a style guide for reviews. And I think there was a lot of talk online about the website IGN changing from a what is technically a 100-point scale, 7.8s, 6.9s, to a 10-point scale of 1, right. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Right. 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest. Uh, and a lot of people were talking about mm-hmm. the pros and cons of that. And that gets into a lot bigger conversations of like, you go to see Siskel and Ebert, thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down, down. But it's normally very, four stars right. is the tandem here. Right. Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes. And sort of the concept of like, a seven is still okay. Right. And we've kind of been conditioned that a seven is a C. Correct. Which is bad right. if you want to have a six-figure salary in the year 1992. <laughs> and is terrible now if you even want to have a shot at anything. Correct. Um, so we don't do letters or numbers or any of that nonsense here because no. I just think it's a flawed system I in think, and of itself. Right, and, I'll, and I'll, there'll be some movies that will be technically that if I were to give a number of a six, that would seem like that's bad, but I actually still really enjoy it. I, like, I don't think the numbers are ever indicative of how you feel about a film. Yeah, and I think that's part of what we're going to talk about a little bit in some of these is one thing I really factored in this year that kind of looking back on the decade is something that's hard to do. There were a lot of things this decade that I would say are such brilliant films. Yeah. But I'll probably never watch I again. I will never put them back on. Where there are other movies that are deeply flawed. That if you said to me right now, let's put this on, I'm, I would I'm be in. like, yes. Yeah, let's do it. You get into weird things of comedies where it's like the story is stupid. Well, it's supposed that's to be. Point. It's a comedy. Right. The horror movie is really just servicing up scares and action. It's a horror action movie. <laughs> Right. What do you want? Yeah. Um, I think with that context, I kind of looked at this year of what am I going to be able to rewatch and talk about for a long time instead of just being like, I'll use Uncut Gems mm-hmm. as an example of a movie that I was so impressed by, or even 1917. Right. These very impressive, amazing testaments to, to art, mm-hmm. to Adam Sandler's performance, or to the single shot in 1917 that I just went, these are such good movies. I probably won't watch them Yeah, and again. both of those films fall into the uh, something that I go through with reviews is that 
I didn't attach to any characters because there's no real character study for either of those films. One person doesn't grow in and, and Uncut Gems. He's the same person. And, and 1917 is literally just there for you to put it like on a roller coaster ride. It's an adrenaline ride. And that's great that it does it because it's visually stunning. But the characters, you're like, ah, this isn't a character piece. That's not what this is here for. Right. So some films feel different. For me, my weighting of a lot of, especially on this list that I have this year, a lot of them are character pieces first. And I feel like this year that hit me harder than I would have probably two years ago. Yeah, I think it's a it's a kind of a tough game, right? Because especially when you look back at a, back at a decade mm-hmm. or even back at a year. And we do this when we do the Oscars, right? Of like, well, what of these are we really going to be talking about right. in 10 years? How many Best Picture winners have just kind of lost their place in the conversation right. where movies like Star Wars that have mm-hmm. never won and you get in such a weird thing and I think really looking back at the decade as a whole that's where we really start to get to of really being like I could pull up a list and go through and really try to figure out what's the best or I could just be like well from 2010 to now I've watched The Social Network every other month Right. so obviously that's one of my favorite movies of the decade I also think sometimes when people do that they're like I'm going to try to sound really really smart I want to be the high class so like of, you yeah. know this one yeah. Tree of Life a movie no one's talked <laughs> no about one, in years no. but you know whatever how did you feel about this year overall 2019 the it, year of film the year that of film the year that Disney made Six billion dollars. Ten billion dollars at the box office. <laughs> yeah. The first ever for one company. They were thirty percent of box office revenue in twenty nineteen. However, they were not thirty percent of all films released, Correct. which is, is an important distinction when we get into whether or not they're a monopoly or just, or just an, an evil, evil corporation. Right. And that slider is changing as the years go along. It's just an evil corporation. Yeah, it's an evil corporation. <laughs> um, it's funny because. Outside of one of their films, none of them are even close to being on my in my top ten. And I, there are a lot of their films that I've seen. I'm like, I forgot, like Lion King. I don't remember anything about that. Well, I think they've milked. The, they've milked my '90s nostalgia. Milk, yeah, of all the things that I care about, like Mulan's coming out, but I don't have any attachment to that film. The Little Mermaid, I yeah. don't really, I hit or miss. Um, but. so this was a year that the things that were new or creative or somewhere somewhere different stuck more with me like those were the films that I was more anticipating to seeing and I, I, they're not on my list but movies like Waves or like Loose where I was like oh wow this is a completely different like smaller black film black but it's like oh crap I would not have seen this in a typical year where if I did not have a list I am going to the theaters now to see stuff that actually interests me more that I would not have seen on first go because my brain would not have been well, open to it I think we're starting to see the Ugh, I don't want to agree with him, but I will. Bob Iger made a comment that I'm going to paraphrase. Was, well, you know, we do all of these big, giant tent poles because that allows us to make these smaller risks. Okay. And obviously the big tent poles are what you see in the marketing and the bus ads. But I would say four out of my five top five movies of the year. And then really my bottom, if we were rounding out ten, the next five for me are all risks. And there were a lot of risks this year. This is a weird year for me because I go, man, we really went full stop on the remake and nostalgia train. Aladdin, Lion King. But then the Skywalker saga ended. Endgame was an ending to this Infinity Saga. Game of Thrones ended. So you have a lot of the big bubble stuff. Yeah, kind of a lot of the things that we've sort of created into fandom are dissolving a little bit. And in that, you did see 
an incredible rise in independent horror, an incredible oh, yeah. rise in even like comedies had another shot this mm-hmm. year that they usually don't. Long shot, Booksmart, Jojo Rabbit, all of these things. If you looked at the counter programming every week for these giant tent poles that never seem to stop. Right. Even this year. January is usually a dumping ground. Bad Boys 3 is next week. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the idea... The summer movie season will always exist. Right. But similar to how, for probably up until the last four years, video games, their dumping season was three quarters of the year. Correct. And then everything came out in October and November October, for the holidays. Yep. But now you'll get things like God of War in April. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto in May. The release window stuff has changed. It's completely. really stopped mattering as much right um and in that i think a lot of stuff has thrived that we wouldn't normally see yeah you even look at the streaming services suddenly with late night and the report and marriage story dolomite is my name and irishman like you get the netflix's and amazon all of them are starting to put quality enough stuff that you're like oh this this should be up this was one of of the safest years in film but quietly underneath it were more risks than we've seen in the entertainment industry that may not have been box office hits but, but made a splash their online. Film, yep, their film that they 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 make you discuss things. They make you talk about things, and they're like, even if it's just a small like artistic thing, or it's like, oh, ready or not, was huge. It had one trailer the entire year, but everybody that those that first weekend it came out was a killer because you're like, this movie got no attention, but these theaters are full. I mean, you had things like Brightburn come out that yeah. I didn't like, but it was, but it was there. Yeah. Ma, a ton. Us came out this. I will year. say this as a as a black man because I think what we've always had was always slave films, and this was one of the few years where I saw, granted, the actors in both and wave waves loose. Us, Ma, you're starting the last to black see, man in the San last Francisco. black man in San Francisco. I love you. Get all of these movies which are telling different stories as opposed to the one story that you. Then they might all be smaller, but they are great. All of them, Ma is okay, but all of them are really great films that I think you should take. We're at. now at a weird place with movies where whenever someone's like, oh, it's all just remakes and sequels, where I'm like, well, do your homework. That's sort of like saying that there's no good hip-hop I was going to say, it's the same thing as people say hip-hop is bad now. And I'm like, well, it's not. It's you're the just same not way. doing the work. You're not doing the work. It's the same way when people back in the day would be like, oh, uh, they don't like this and this. I'm like, but you still have Jay-Z. These people exist. You're just choosing to pick on the things that are popular or making some more money but these other folks are here you're just choosing to ignore them and I get it right like when people are like it's dead it's on the forefront that's kind of how it's always going to go there's always going to be something that's in the spotlight and it's if there's a thing you miss go find it yeah because um, nine times out of ten, it is there, except for maybe the type of diversity we want. That's the one thing where I'm like, we can still make this better. Correct. But if you're going to sit around and tell me there were no original movies this year, and and then also try to claim that none of them were successful, there were not right. only a lot of original movies this year, there were original movies that made money back, and there were movies like Joker that took an existing genre that we've seen a million times over flipped and flipped head. it on its head. Right. It's a fascinating year. It is. Uh, and we could talk about it forever, but we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to talk about our five movies. Should we start doing that? Yeah. We're going to go to our bottom five. This is the only time numbers will matter. We started off this podcast with me being like, here's why numbers don't matter right now. They will. <laughs> and uh, five will be our you know, our fifth favorite, and then we're going to move up to our favorite. Because if we started with our favorite, well, you know, that would be like doing Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2 first. It wouldn't make sense. <laughs> the baby, baby shot here? him. is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe you and I have the same number five, so yeah. let's do it. Uh, Knives Out, 
Let's talk about Knives Out. Terrence, <laughs> start us off. That movie, the trailer alone, the first trailer I saw for that, I was like, oh, I am in. And I didn't expect, because I was, that came out during Thanksgiving. And people were like, oh, it's going to do okay. It's going to do fine. And people had Ryan Johnson hate because of freaking Last Jedi. But if there's one thing we learned this year, it's that The Last Jedi did not kill Star Wars enough. Nope. I'll argue, you know, no one can argue the numbers. It right. made less. That's how third movies go. Right. Uh, nor did it hurt Ryan Johnson's name. No, he is still out there and people came in droves. And I think this was one of those ones where it was something different and new enough at a time where people were like, oh, I do like murder mysteries. Well, I do like this. And it was one of the few movies that kept positioning itself as a whodunit that no one's done it. Right. And I was the cynic in the theater that I went, remember the bah! Yes. yes. <laughs> bah, I say. <laughs> and then the word of mouth on this movie was, was incredible. the roof. Yeah. And it just pulled a, a Jumanji 2 where it just stuck yeah. around. But, what, but it really was a whodunit that nobody had done it. Right. Because it wasn't... And it's so easy, right? When you when someone says it to you out loud, you're like, oh, of course. Oh, of course, right. It doesn't matter who killed them. We no. already know. It gives you the that. The question is who, who hired Blanc? That's the question. Ah! It immediately gives you the who done it right off bat. And you're kind of just like, oh. And then it's more of like, who hired you? You're like, oh, that's a completely different question. And I am in for figuring this out. And for a year two, that's kind of muddled with like, why are politics in my video games and in my comics and in my movies? It's because trolls, they've always been there. <laughs> you're going to be really mad when you figure out who Xavier and Magneto are based off of. Right. And you're going to be furious when you play Bioshock for the first time. <laughs> Guess what? Um, to quietly make this such a like political and relevant movie, because mm -hmm. you don't really realize it until, until they're like... Hey. hey. Yep. Oh my! And talk about direction. This script and this directing in this film is phenomenal. Each person cast is perfect for their specific spot. I thought you would have had too because these are some top-notch people they have, and I thought it would have been too many. But each person gets a solid amount of screen time, and they they all use it well. Like I genuinely cared about this family, this this thing, and I I love whodunits. And unlike Murder Murder of the Orient Express, this one was fun. And I think that's the biggest thing that this movie had that I think a lot of the movies this summer did not, especially the big, big Disney stuff like Aladdin and Lion King. You're like, I, you took the heart and soul out of this. This movie had heart, soul, and it felt fun. People walk out smiling like that was a good damn time. This movie proves why we're where we are, though, because everybody goes, where are my original ideas and mm -hmm. where are my new IPs? And I understand that. Then Knives Out came out. <laughs> And we all went, where's Knives Out 2? <laughs> and I immediately thought to myself, well, guys, what if we didn't chain Ryan Johnson to this. Detective Blanc right. forever? Right. What if he just made more cool original just movies let him do original stuff. to which the internet said, die in a Shut ditch. Shut up, fool. I want to see Daniel Craig do this. <laughs> Shut your face. So the next time you're like, where are my original ideas? It's because you, the audience, demanded more. <laughs> it, it is so funny because Ryan Johnson, like, break looper and this, you're like, oh, these are great. And you're like, oh, but the, the, the reason when people met, feel like he messed up is when he attached himself to Star Wars and now you're going to make him do a sequel to a movie. I'm like, oh, guys, let him just keep doing his new stuff. Just do this. <laughs> yeah. Just do this. Yeah. What if we just let, it's how I feel. People are like, where's my Back to the Future 4 and who framed Roger Rabbit 2? And I'm like, like guys. what if things that are perfect just stay that way forever yeah. like, what yeah. if it was just perfect 
I loved it. I loved the whole ride. Yeah, it was a fun. You know, fun you could ride. give Chris Evans sweater an award. And <laughs> sweater is amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> my God, all of the, the only complaint I have with the movie is I want to see all of these actors do more with these characters, which is the best complaint you can. I have. say it's one of the best. If things. I'm stuffed from wanting, a meal and wanting more. You're, you're then that the chef bit. won. You're it's why right drug there. dealers are so successful. <laughs> yes, yes. You very much leave there like, oh, I want to know more about this. But it ends on such a note. That shot at the end of her just on the rooftop with the cub, you're like, oh, this is perfection. That is some fucking like directing 101. Yeah. Like, just put the person with power <laughs> higher than the other ones. I'm like, but when you I'm see a sucker. It, <laughs> but when they do it right, right. you're like, well, fuck <laughs> Got that fucking coffee cup? Put that on a store and make your money back. Jesus. My house, my rules, my coffee. (laughs) Fucking great. And I just love, you gotta love Daniel Craig. And just his outburst. Well, we all cheer. No, you did not. You all treated this lady terribly. But who hired me? Such great ticks in the way his voice inflates. He is, you could tell he was having fun these are the movies that you can tell is like this is why i don't want to beat myself up doing Bond and did all the you time. see the shit that like the gaffer had to do on his own for the reflections in people's glasses to match no he like did cardboard cutouts of what would have been behind them wow. and you ryan johnson posted a ton of bts okay and it's all just like if you look at jamie lynch's glasses and everything behind her, it all like syncs up. It's not just like tungsten lights. Right. So he would put up what they call cookies in the industry. You cut out cardboard and Correct. put it in front of the light to match a bookshelf, this, okay. that, the other. So throughout the whole movie, the problem you usually get with glasses isn't there. Nice. Which is just incredible. It is. And it's one of those little things it's that you're sm- like, yeah, it's a smart you think thing. everybody would do this and they don't. Right. Most people are like, ah, there's we'll going to be some we'll lights, take it out whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll take it out in post. There won't really be lenses right. in the glasses. But it really shows you, I think, why people who do like The Last Jedi like it, is that this world is really built it, out. Yeah. And these are the things that Ryan Johnson does care about and look at. Yeah. Um, God, what a good movie. Do you want a sequel to it? Do you want more? It's weird because they're doing it with Murder, uh, the Agatha Christie with Murder or Nori Express, and Kenneth Branagh is bringing his character back. And out of the two of them, I would much more rather have Daniel Blanc. Back. And you've got Ryan Reynolds' clue coming. Yeah, we're about to get some whodunits. I'm it's a, coming. I am a sucker. It's Bring me all the whodunits. It's coming, I'm in. man. I'm this in. dead genre is coming I'm back. In. I'm in. It's one of my favorite genres. It's gone away for so long that I this and Ready or Not. All in there. I was like, this is great. I'm in. I want all of them. Yeah. No, we're back. <laughs> yeah. I kind of oddly feel like it's the time. It's like all the big fucking tentpole franchises yeah. are done. Let's, Let's do, do this. The... Let's get genre yeah. filmmaking back. Where it is just, hey, are you a sci-fi underwater fan? Here's underwater. Yeah. It's not perfect, but if you like underwater scary shit, we don't it works. get the, that '90s era B movie stuff, and like that just doesn't happen. Where's anymore? my clueless yeah. of the modern age? Yeah. Where is my clerks? Where you're just working at a hot topic? Right. Get your shit together, writers who have chances. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're thinking. Why doesn't Blake go write it? Maybe he will. <laughs> you want to move on to number four? Should let's, we keep talking about Knives Out? Let's do it. Number four. Uh, me first? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, my number four was Marriage Story for Let's Netflix. Let's talk about... This is going to be a lot... Are you timing this? No, I have not. But great, great. We're, we're just going to go. Who the fuck it. cares? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Marriage Story. Man. 
So um, this is one of those movies that I, I kept hearing about. People were like, oh, it's on Netflix. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. And I was like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And it started getting nominated for stuff. And I was like, all right, well, let me go ahead and watch this. And man, uh, halfway through, I was like, let me open up some wine because my God, this is an emotional, emotional uh, flick. And I loved every minute of it. For some reason, I'm a sucker for also getting punched in the gut several times by, by characters that I care about. And I think both Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson is, they're both phenomenal in this movie in a relationship that just goes wrong. And, I, and at the end of it, I was like, I don't think anybody's at fault, but they're both at fault. And that makes this work because you don't really root for anybody, but they're both kind of. So I love the movie because I'm a sucker for two good actors just saying good dialogue to each other back and forth. Give me, I mentioned Clerks. Give me this almost that fucking waiting for Godot in dinner with Andre shit. When he just unloads and punches into the my god. Now my problem, spoilers for marriage story. He did cheat on her. He did. Fuck this guy. Yeah. It's and a- I talked to so many people who were like, I was so emotional and I cried. And I was like, but here's the thing. He cheated on her, so he should get divorced. And then they also made this, like, deal. And then ScarJo just came for everything. Yeah. So, like, kind of like, fuck, fuck you too. too. Yeah. Now, his sin is worse. Right. But... It becomes a one-upping of the sins. I just want both these fucking people to not be go together. Apart, right. Say, my, and it ends, like, that way. And, you, and it... Oh, it no. He, no, no, no. He loses. Oh he, oh, he takes an L. But they end up not being together, but also you can tell that they still have a love for each other and they have to because they have a kid. Like I was like, oh, this is one of those gut-punching things where you're like, oh, yeah, you guys don't belong together because you put each other and through man, the ringer. When he's had enough and Ooh. he gets that lawyer who just makes it a fucking fight in Ray, the streets. Ray Liotta is dirty. So Both you put the girl to bed when you were drunk. Yeah. What's up with Stumbling that? down the steps. Remember that? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You can, and the way that that's shot, because they keep doing the fade-in of them in the courtroom on the opposite side. Oh, this is brilliant. And it's so funny because it's like, man, Adam Driver deserved to get fucking dumped in that movie because yeah. he was an asshat. But she deserved that lawyer to come in and be like, you don't get to play hardball. Right. Yeah, this is going on. Because she was taking all of it. Laura Dern's great in this and her lawyer was like, I'm about this. I'm taking all this. And the second she saw Ray Liotta coming, she was like, get ready to put on your gloves because this is about to get good. This is about to get grimy. <laughs> but again, like that's just a, that's just a movie of good dialogue. And that's also a movie we were talking about kind of how the year is and how things are changing a little bit. I don't think this would have done well in theaters, but everybody talked about it because it was on Netflix. And right. it's such a weird conversation now of like what belongs in a theater what belong, and what can have life. What's theater worthy and, and what's not. Yeah. I think this movie would not have got done well until, unless they start getting nominations in a theater. I think this is a movie that as you're scrolling through Netflix and you recognize Adam Driver and you recognize Scarlett Johansson, you click that button and you're like, oh crap, this it's is It's also good. interesting how good word of mouth will make something like Marriage Story blow up, right. but good word of mouth will not get people to go see Booksmart. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a theater thing. Accessibility you is can watch, more You can more just cut your TV on and watch this, whereas you have to get out of your house. You might have to get a babysitter. You might have to do yay, 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 yay to get to the theater to watch this, as opposed to I can just cut my TV on and push play. And that changes Yeah, everything. well, and there, it is an investment, right? Like, I tried to watch. I was in Kentucky for Christmas for a while, and uh, I have an AMC A-list, and it turns out in Louisville, Kentucky, in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, 
which is a silly sentence, but they do have a downtown. I'm from there. I can make fun of it. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, well, my parents, they go to bed at like eight, nine, you know, whatever. I'm going to go catch up on my movies. I'm going to go see Bombshell and Uncut Gems and right. all this. The closest AMC was 13 miles away from my hotel. Uh, and I just didn't have access to a car and I didn't want to take a lift every day. And I was like, what a weird city. Yeah. <laughs> and then regular movie theaters, not downtown. That was my option was to get to that AMC. So then I watched Mayor's Story, which I loved. Then the next day I was like, I'm going to put on the report. Couldn't get through it. And had I paid for that ticket, I would have had to sit in that theater. You've been stuck. 20 bucks in the hole. Yeah. And on Amazon, halfway through, I could just go, wait a minute. Never mind. I was alive in 2004. <laughs> so I know that we tortured the shit out of these people. Yeah. I don't need to watch Adam Driver talk like Kermit the Frog and <laughs> and explain it to me it's, for two and a half hours. I will say it is wild to see Adam Driver in three completely different roles he within less than a month. He fucking owned this year. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it, it's his world. We're living in <laughs> right. it. Right. I was like, man, you are and killing this shit. Different, Very different. Oh, man. Yeah. But back to Marriage Story, man. I mean, what a fucking tale. I liked it, too, because it did feel real. I also am a sucker for films that don't tell stories linearly. Like when you start doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I, I fall for that every time. It's an actor's movie, man. It is. That's what I keep telling it people. Is. I'm like, this is an actor's movie. It is. This is, could be a play. Yeah. I loved it. I really loved it. I didn't think I was going to like it that much. I really thought I was going to be like, ugh. But that is my kind of... Man, you just get two people in a room with good, dialogue, mouthy dialogue, and great. you have something to say, and you have arcs, and these characters change and grow, and we always say there's not a winner and a loser in a breakup, and the end of this movie, I was like, he lost. Oh, he took, he, he definitely he lost. He lost. He lost everything. Like, it's... Having to move, but he gains, a, he gains his relationship with the kid, and I think that's where you're like, okay... You did lose this, but you gained a completely different relationship. I just think if I could change one thing, if you really want to make me care about these people, he doesn't cheat on her. Because that's where I'm just it's like, It's a weird thing because it's a, it's a throwaway thing. Get dunked it, it, on. It happened, but she seems to accept it. And I'll say this, in marriages, you when you're in a long-term relationship, cheating isn't necessarily a deal breaker. So I can see how this film almost caters it as if she was like, yeah, he cheated, but that's not that big like that's not that big of a deal until her lawyer makes it like yo you got cheated on and he didn't give this up he didn't give this up he said he was going to move here he cheated on you that's that should be it end of it and um this film does it it does a pretty good job of not pointing so much at the cheating as being the the, the issue that was the deal well because it's the thing that breaks her back right because she even has that line where she's like if he had just supported me right I don't know if we'd be doing this. Yeah. And it is like, oh, yeah, he is an asshole. Right. Like, and he keeps taking new jobs while she has it. Yeah, it just, he adds on to it, and I think that is the thing that breaks it. But I don't think that is the catalyst for the entire breakup. I think being in a relationship, and I, I know people who have been cheated on in a marriage, if the cheating happened and then he had fixed himself or was starting to be more supportive, I don't think the divorce would have happened. It's just that was a lead up to yeah. everything else. Well, right. I mean, that's kind of the... Where you get into the reality of it, right. of like, well, if you have a kid, I know these it becomes people, a little and I difficult. know these people, right. and yeah, I liked it. 
What was your four? My number four, and we're going to get real, take a hard left on my, like, everything's original and fun this year, but we have to talk about it. It is the fourth favorite, and as I said before this, when you talk about reviewing things that are your favorite, rewatchability has to come into it. Something yeah. I can put on whenever, it affects me whenever. Endgame is my fourth favorite movie this year. It's in my top ten. And I, there's yeah. no way that it can't be, Terrence, because if I didn't put it in my top five, I would be a fucking liar <laughs> because i have put on that i saw that movie four times in theaters i've probably watched it six times on blu-ray and right now if you were like let's put on endgame i would like, stop this it. podcast and we would start it again in two and a half yeah, hours see, i think that's the My weird thing about that god film. and talk about a risk in film we talked about how this year, in 2019, the year of our Lord, there have been a lot of risks in film. Right. Marriage Story was a risk. Knives Out was a risk. I would make the argument that Endgame is a safe risk, but a risk. And it's only a risk if you go back to 2008. Right. This started with the guy who made Swingers taking a drug addict, uninsurable actor. Right. No script. Where the studio was like, we don't want this. And a D-list. I won't even say B-list. A D-list. D-list superhero. Iron Man at that time was a D-list Who the fuck cared about Iron Man? (laughs) Right. I had to ask my dad who he was, and I loved comic books. It was ridiculous. And then, for the first time ever, we did something in film that they had been... Well, not the first time ever, because, like, Dracula met Abbott and Costello or whatever bullshit. Right. For the first time for millennials. (laughs) Yes. We had done something in film... Nobody had done before. No. We did what comic books had done. We yeah. did what the Jetsons and the Flintstones did once. Yes. Different situation, but the same thing. Urkel's I was step also by excited step. about that. Crossovers are part of the DNA right. of the business side of movie making. Right. But never, ever, ever had they released a giant multi-million dollar tentpole and gone, yo, I hope you saw these four did you, films. Did you watch these other 22 films? And that then we had? we had the audacity <laughs> to go... Cool, you saw all those movies and then you saw this one? Here's a purple man in space and we'll give you no context. He'll just show But if you stick with us in five years, Josh Brolin will voice him for a minute in a movie and then another four years (laughs) after that, he will be the villain in one movie where we will kill half yeah. the universe yeah. and then and only then <laughs> will we make a movie where this character matters that is some crazy it is shit. it is a spider web of shit that can't if I my stood God. up in my film class and they were like Blake what's your pie in the sky dream and I like, said so here's, hear me out Guys, listen. The future of movies is crossovers with the Avengers. And they're going to make all of these characters. Black Panther's going to be nominated for an Oscar. They're all going to review bomb Captain Marvel. (laughs) They would have laughed me out of the room because that's preposterous. It's insane how It's a preposterous sentence. Yeah. But here we are. And let me tell you, that movie is a testament to writing, producing, cinematography, Acting, and I, every time I watch it, I notice new things. Yeah, my new favorite Robert Downey Jr. moment isn't I am Iron Man. It isn't I have a daughter. It's when he's sitting there with Iron Man, and he's like, "And now we have a chance to bring him back, to bring everyone back." Man. And you tell me, "That's right, I and won't. You, you even. won't even. That's right, Scott. I won't. I won't even. even. He's so yeah quiet, measured. It's perfect. He just doesn't care. Yeah, he's out. He's out, it's... and that's how you do it." That's how you do it. You write a script, and there's always supposed to be a character arc, right? Right. If your characters aren't changing in your script, you're not writing. Correct. Or you have a different point. You cannot change in your movie. But if they're not changing for a reason, then you have a problem. 
how much left is there to do with this guy? Yeah. You take him out of the game, and then you make him care again. He has so many care moments in that, because when he first sees Cap and just lays into him, I'm like, oh, Jesus. I, I remember saying that, oh, <laughs> man, it. there's just... There's so many moments where if we nominated Robert Downey Jr. I would for an not Oscar be tomorrow, like, I wouldn't like, be mad. Like, okay, I can see how you got there. Yeah. Oh, and the action when those portal—that is movie it's, going. So moments. it's one of those moments. The portal opening, it's it's back to back because the shot of Cap looking at all of Thanos's army, and he's like, "All right, I'm st- strapping str- on." This like, is I'm what still Rise of going Skywalker didn't have. Yeah. This is what Star Wars did not have. Right. Caps is an army, broken shield, grabs the leather, w- makes it tighter than He's ever. Like, you see a painting in front of yeah, you of this army. Massive. What do we get in Rise of Skywalker? Fucking Poe Dameron sees everybody and then is like, I think we should give up. <laughs> yeah. What? Is the- no! Give us my endgame moment. And then you hear that on your left. And I, I've been in, I went to three, saw in theaters three times and each time. Even if people had seen it before, that place explodes. It's like a concert. like, And that's a feeling that even when you're watching it at home, you still get that because you're like, oh my God, I remember how this These feels, how this felt. performances. All of this. Yeah. this is the shit that when like our parents saw Star Wars for the first time and were like, wow. This is making That we're those... going to be like, for every single independent movie I'm going to talk about after this and be like how important and relevant, right. you cannot deny the the level of blockbuster filmmaking we have achieved. When you have a blockbuster film that gets multi-audiences of cultures, races, ethnicity, it doesn't matter. All in that place and they all lose their shit at the same time. You have succeeded. The whole roadmap that you made to this get to that point, that was what that was for and it exploded and you nailed it. And Terrence, it was so good that now they have to do a lot of work to get me back on the train. Right, because it's like, all right, I'm kind of out. Like this black, the Black so Widow trailer, I'm like, oh, that looks good, but I don't. Good. I don't, yeah, I was like, you earned that and you nailed it. Now I'm kind of just like, all right, well, I guess. And I'll make the argument for everybody who's like, this movie's not a risk. It was a risk. Killing Robert Downey Jr. in that movie is a risk. It's a risk. And I've had people like, well, I saw it coming. Of course you saw it coming. Right. Obviously. But let's really talk about this for a minute. He's carried this franchise for a decade. Right, right. They want to make more movies. And you're telling me we got to put him on that the shelf. killing him off yeah. is in a risk. Put him and you're losing tube. He and Cap, you're All putting him on the shelf. Right. I don't know how much more juice Thor's got in. Right. We're passing the hammer to Jane Foster in right. the next movie. Yeah, we're done. We're out. Spider Man's going back to Sony. Right. And I get it. Marvel comic books. Ba 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 ba. We have no idea when this pendulum is going to swing around. Right. We don't know when it's going to happen. No, but to be Black alive, Widow might not do great. It could not. The Eternals might, might not, not do great. great. Um. And I granted they've earned a cachet where we were like we've seen that before, but they were in the middle of a wave. I don't they don't think they have that wave. That wave has come to an end. So I don't no. know if they had that. But I will say this to be I will always remember this. To be alive during the era where these twenty three films happened from two thousand eight to last year, I'm like I'm sitting here like I what lived a ride. It and I was in it and it was fucking amazing. What a ride. Yeah. Like <laughs> I and you know what's weird? I don't really want to do it again. I would be I'd in probably my fine 40s. with nothing but standalone films at yeah. this point. Like I don't need to have if this. If Black Widow ends and they're like, get ready for then, another decade, right, I'm, like, I'm gonna be like, oh, oh god, geez, stretch now. This is nuts. <laughs> like, All right, I'll go, but Jesus, <laughs> yeah, y'all are expecting a lot from me now. I mean, my hip doesn't work the same way I did when I was in '08. Um, what a movie! But to be fair, also for Endgame not to be my favorite movie of the year, 
just means that these next three are incredible. Yeah. And it's a weird thing because in Games Night in my top five, it's like number six or seven. You bastard. But it's only there because I think the films, it just hit me near. Well, we I get into, say, this is where the review conversation comes in. The quality and how much it impacted you. I have to put rewatchability into this. Rewatchability makes this. If I was to put rewatchability higher as a ranking for what, why these films up, this would be higher because outside of Knives Out and probably my number one film, I'm not rewatching most of my. They're they're either too hard to watch or I just don't have a desire to I ever kind of only revisit put them. movies in this list that I'll watch at least two more times. Right, and like, I think I would watch all, but like Endgame is that film that I'm like I would watch this all the time. I think the reason why it's a little lower is because Infinity War was so high on my other one, and if I compare the two of them, like this is going to be a little lower. I'm than just that. ready to admit that I like Endgame more than Infinity War. You do? War. Awesome. Yeah. All right. The character moments, man. I'm a Got sucker you. for them. Okay. There Infinity are- War is a nonstop action throttle ride, but give me the fucking drama. Give me the CW bullshit. There are a lot of moments that are very um, great emotional beats in Endgame, and I do love those a lot. Like the Ant-Man coming to the door the first time to see his Babuna. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is nuts. Meet Morgan. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's my that's my nonsense. And I just think I just think that last action fight scene is it's better one of the greatest than things. anything that's in yeah, it. Yeah, it's Infinity one of the greatest things. It is. It is. Also, we wasted the Soul Stone in Infinity War. That could have mattered. It didn't. Yeah. I think I'm a... And Endgame is free of that. I think I'm a sucker of villains. And since that's like Thanos' story, I'm kind of like, all right. I know, I but as it, much yeah. as I love my villains... Yeah. Well, give me my heroes, are, heroes back. The reason why we're here. That's the movie, that's man. That's the hero movie. Yeah. It's awesome. Number three. Number three for me. Um, took me a while to see it. Everybody, I went to see it in the theaters. Order Mouth was very huge for this, so I finally got my sack screeners and I watched Parasite. My, you didn't see it in theaters. I did not. Oh, terrible. And I'm so terrible. mad at myself now because that movie was a nonstop. It was. Phenomenal! It should be in my top five, and it's. Not. I am, I am a, I am a sucker for movies that uh, blend genres, and this movie just nails it. Changes the fucking game. I was like, this John, these genres are hopping all. It's like a dark comedy, and it becomes like a Korean, like violent. Film. I was like, what, so what is going you, what on? What did you think it was going to be when you went in? Because so I thought it was going to be a horror. I movie. did too. I and the reason that's probably why I didn't see it in the theaters because I was going in. My wife doesn't. Because like, you're a coward. I like horror movies. <laughs> My wife does not, so she didn't want to go. And like the few times that we were going to see movies, I was like, "Let's go see Parasite." She's like, "And the title sounds like it would be a horror movie." And from the poster looks like a horror horror movie. movie. And everybody who's described it has kind of always used suspense, horror, or thriller in it. Fucked up, but it's so many other things to it. And I was like, "Oh no, this would should have been seen in the theater." Um, And I think if you have a ability they are putting it back in theaters because it's going to win best foreign film as at the Oscars. It's going to be in best picture category. you should see this in a theater. It's phenomenal. I Anytime you do a movie that's about the haves and the have-nots and just kind of take everybody on this ride and mix genres all over the place. And you would think that reading Korean subtitles the entire time would be a... I was in. Like, from the first 10 minutes I've of this movie... I've never been bothered by subtitles. Yeah. And it, it, it comes from... In high school, my human... Well, no, not my humanity. My English class had a very specific teacher, Mr. Allen, and he really treated his English class because it was a, your junior year and senior year, you got to pick your English class. AP English, uh, foreign stuff, uh, regular, remedial, and then there was humanities, which was like arts. And I was like, I want to do humanities, and I needed his recommendation. Okay. And I lucked out because Mr. Allen was like good friends with the humanities teacher, so his English class was more built around 
what that was going to be a right. little bit. Okay. And there was just so much foreign film in that and in humanities that I, and I watched a lot of anime. Okay. So I really got used to being like, okay, I know that for the first 10 minutes, I'm going to be reading the subtitles, but if the movie succeeds, I will stop noticing by at least the 15 minute mark mm-hmm. and I will hear the characters in my in head. That, right. And that happened for me in this movie within the first ten minutes. Like, oh yeah, I was, I was like, oh no, I don't, I no longer realize that I am reading and I am just in this ride. And uh, I had not seen. I knew this director has done some other stuff that was pretty, really critically acclaimed too. I had not seen that, so this is the first time the thing that I have. I don't know any of these actors, um, and I have never for a foreign film because you get some foreign horror there's a sequence in this movie where this family has to hide from the other family and I have never been so on the on edge the of edge my seat of and, yeah seat. I'm like this is nuts <laughs> um, and I that was fascinating to feel and it was so much fun to have and then payoffs that happen and what it's just like oh wow and just to realize that these people they start this movie off broke and just use their brain power to get in, and you kind of just like, oh, these rich people don't give a, they don't give a damn about you, and because they're not, they're not bad, bad people. people. It's just they're just kind of ignorant. It, yeah, they're just idiots. And you get that when it's like, oh, thank God for this rain, mm-hmm. and the rain like ruined their home, and and then they speak the, down oh, on, this smell, yeah, the speak smell down the smell crosses yep. the line. Yeah. I've been kind of wrestling with. Spoilers, the big murder right. at the end of like, well, I get that he's mad and I get that his daughter's dying and he doesn't know if all of these people are okay or not. And he stabs this guy because he reacts to the smell of a dying man who's also impoverished. I can't decide if I, and I think this is why it's not in my top five. That's a really good moment, and I can't decide if it's motivated enough. If the trigger is enough to justify, I, yeah, where I, he, I, I'm where struggling he with it. Where I'm like, you didn't. He was good to you, and this is all my marriage story problem. You also usurped your way into this home. Right, that so you did a dirty, underhanded thing. You to also get in murdered this. this guy's wife, wife, even though that inadvertently, yeah. So and you know you did like it's not like you aren't aware that yeah she is deceased like you almost they almost start to feel like Ocean's Eleven type people where it's like well how often are you grifting yeah I, it's funny people? I honestly feel more for the kids of that family than of I course. do for the adults of that family. of course um and so when he I agree when he does that it took me out for a minute I was like wait I know he said smell but he's talking about. In reference to this time, he's talking about the other guy who he's covered in blood and had been in a in a wall for like years. yeah yeah. So I'm like he he is going to have an odor, and he, I don't know why that triggered, but I guess I can just say this: if you are that poor and you've been living in, living in this house or staying in this house or visiting this house, who's got everything, and this person just keeps harpering on it could be it could just be a pts type of thing where you're just like i mean i get it yeah. right when you you see that world right and i grew up in the north side of chicago I think so it, i know that world. i think it helps too that he went back home and all of his stuff was flooded and like his yeah he was, was just dumb. at the end of his rope right. yeah because i think if that hadn't happened i kind of agree it's like you can still have you still have a way like he probably was no like, one's I have no dead way out. yet right <laughs> right yeah 
And really, and maybe this is capitalistic thinking that they want to get me out of, if I'm a father and I'm providing for people, I think there's always going to be something in the back of my brain that's, this is going to sound really fucked up. I can't kill anybody now. Yeah. Like, right. all you've done... Is now take yourself off the board. Is make to, your son now have to do this whole other right. thing. Right. I think that's why... It's in my top ten. Yeah. It's a very good film. But that the hang-up for you is... That's the, my little thing. I get it. I get Maybe it. I'm it, just it, too wrapped up in capitalism. I get it, because it, it, it took me a minute, too. I was like, well, why would he just outright just go and attack this person? Especially since they had been pretty much nothing but nice to them. That's my other thing. Is I'm like, they're, they've been I know good. the smell thing, but, but even that, he didn't say it to your face. He was saying it in a conversation to his wife where you he did not know you were around. Yeah, and you've been shit-talking these right. guys and fucking up all their stuff. Yeah. yeah. So... It's so good, though. It is really it's well so done. funny. It is very funny. And, like, strap on. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but my top three are almost all, like, let's get silly. Yeah. it's some... This is where, like, Blake's movies are back. <laughs> We're back, baby. Yeah. I've been all superheroes. If you talk to friends of mine, friend of the show, he's been on the show, Matt Kanapka. He does the killer horror critic show, and you should listen to it. But he often would criticize me for being all superheroes and bullshit. Yeah. And he wasn't wrong. <laughs> but what he didn't realize is that Blake's real movies weren't being made anymore. Yeah. Which is my Judd Apple. Apatow, comedy, drama, weird bullshit. Let's get into it. What's your number three? Now we're getting into my that nonsense. Was, that was my three. What's your three? Oh, I'm on three. Yeah. Ready or not, baby. That's a It's going to get weird and comedy and horror and let's mash some another shit genre, together. Another genre masher, which I this love. Is this is another one that I'm like, how did no one else think of it? Yeah. How did no one else think of this? It's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. And what a game. Samara Weaving. Oh, she is a should be in every she movie. She's a doll. I can't wait Forever. to see Bill and Ted. I'm I'm all in. She's and in. like normally, fans of the show, you know, I oftentimes will see a movie and be like, "But why now?" Yeah. And sometimes that's very good. Sometimes just make a great movie. <laughs> this movie, one location, one easy setup, one execution, and it keeps you guessing. It does. Because I kept the thought. I kept thinking we were going to get into some cabin in the woods nonsense. Where it just goes Where it just completely. gets so big. Yeah. And this movie, you're, the whole time you're like, well, is there is, something are mystical? They, is this crazy? Or is this or no, family just they're, they're crazy? Just right. And then when it is mystical, it's not so insane no. that you give a shit. No. And talk about another movie. And then her where reaction like, to it is just like brilliant. It would be so easy to make these movies forever now. Yeah. Don't. I don't want don't, that. Like, this should be the it. treat that we don't have. Do it. Yeah. Sometimes things should just be awesome. Yeah. All of these characters, and you take so many good people. Everybody in this movie, you care about. Yeah. And that's what I love. Even the crazy people. Even this dad who believes so strongly. I say he has a, yeah, he has he's a belief like, in this. He's like an older man who still is like Reaganomics was going to mm-hmm. work. The big short wasn't our fault this if you is, had just paid your mortgages. This is what this family stands for. The, we have to stay by these bl- principles, these blueprints. Oh, the yeah. conviction he has. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it, but yeah. these are the rules. These are the rules. I'm providing for my family. I love Unfortunately, that means we now have to kill, kill this woman. Yeah. But we have to do it or we're all going to pop at sunrise. I loved her brother-in-law. He was fantastic because he was torn like, look, you need to get the hell out of this. Done with it. Yeah. Doesn't want to be a part of it. Hates it. Yeah. Doesn't like it. Dies for the cause. Yeah. What a great arc. Yeah. 
He's just sympathetic to the whole thing. His apathy is everywhere. But his wife, who's come from nothing, nothing. and now has this, I will am not slit letting this go. This bitch's throat. <laughs> I will kill so everyone. that there's never a cockroach in her kitchen yeah. again. And I'll tell you this right now: if you ever had a cockroach in your kitchen, <laughs> you're never going back. Yeah. When you're out, you're out, baby. Yeah. And it just shows power, money corrupts. No one cares anymore. Yeah, it's so good. And just in the middle of this, and if Samara Weaving hadn't killed the mother, she wouldn't have lost the husband. Yeah. But she would have lost the husband anyway. Right, because he... That's the best part of this. Yeah, he would been... He's complacent. Yeah, he is within this family. He's a part of them. God, um, and what a hard genre to do. The it horror is. comedy genre. That's a, one of the most difficult genres to do and do well. And I, and I like Cabin in the Woods. It's, it's one of my favorite like, it overall just films. Gets it just goes so yeah. CGI bombastic. Yeah. Yeah. And Ready or Not keeps itself practical. Pretty contained. We've heard yeah. the audience. Right. More practical effects. Yeah. Did you go see Ready or Not? Then you don't give a shit about practical effects. Yeah. Go see the things you want to support. What a time at the theater. It was a fun, fun ride. That and was just a... movies we don't get enough of. Yeah. These just simple ideas. Because I feel like right now movies either get overly complicated and you're like, oh my God, for the sake of originality. Correct. Or they sort of just lean back and go, like, our inciting incident will be this, very original. And, will and then it's just everything else. Right. It's, it's funny. This film and in another film, I think we both have Disney buying Fox kind of makes me sad because films like this can't really happen because this is a Fox Searchlight property. We'll see. This was like the twelfth best opening for Fox Searchlight and went on to be for that company a A very very healthy box office. So I'm not quite ready yet to sit in this world where Disney owning Fox means we squash the middle the, films, the smaller, the budget. Fox Searchlight movies, right. the R-rated sci-fi right. that 20th Century Fox breathed life into, right. things like Deadpool or X-Men. Right. I'm not quite ready, and maybe I'm just in denial. I don't want to pretend that things like Underwater are going to go away. A right. movie that didn't do well at the box office and but that is very exist. okay, but right. this type of movie should still come out. Right. And I think Disney is smart enough to have the 20th Century Fox banner and the Fox Searchlight banner and just let those brands play. But I think they might be a little bit more savvy than 20th Century Fox was towards the end. And these things might be more successful. Right. That's what you want, right? Yeah. You want the company that has everything to take the risk and then put the marketing money behind it. Right. I said just put the marketing. Because I think that was my biggest thing for Ready or Not, that I did not like the way that this was handled. But I mean, I don't think the marketing was that big. It was bad. But they didn't have the budget. Right. And that's not Disney's fault. No. That's Fox's fault. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at 20th Century Fox before this merger and into the merger, really. They had Stuber, Art of Racing in the Rain, Dark Phoenix. There's a fourth one. It doesn't matter. Until Ford vs. Ferrari showed up, I would have been like, this studio's going to be out of business in a week's time. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. All those people are still working there. They're the the They've just the mass the layoffs that right. I was predicting did not happen. No, the only thing I mean Fox twenty tw- the the two thousand That's that, gone. The book stuff got, got I gone. thought they were gonna gut the whole thing. I did too. I did too. Um the fact that stuff's still moving around, they're kinda still letting Fox for the most part operate as a as an entity within itself with Disney kinda just overseeing things. Well look who knows. Hopefully that sticks around because I do like 
at the end of this year, everything that Fox Searchlight and Fox, because uh, I like Ford vs. Ferrari too, released it, was solid. It's possible that they'll keep Fox Searchlight and let them do their thing and right. just tell 20th Century Fox to get their shit Kinda together. Kind of treat Fox Searchlight like they did back in the day with Miramax. Like, you will now be our new Miramax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what you do, thing. right? Yeah. You keep Hulu for... Right. I mean, yeah. they're letting New Mutants come out. They are. They are. And Maybe. Right? <laughs> it has a date now. It's I think it again. literally has the same date it had. It, yeah, it was April before, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but number two. Number two. Is uh, Queen and Slim. Um, it's interesting for me. That movie, outside of the number one film, are the only two films that I actually like shed tears for in the theater. Like I, it, it hit me hard. And I know this is a film that definitely has some, like, okay, I got to take some moments of disbelief because this doesn't seem like this would actually happen but i like the characters so much it's another character movie i like the characters so much that when it's all said and done i can kind of forgive a couple of things that like don't quite make sense for me it's a very good movie and it's shot amazing it's shot very well yeah and i i'm gonna say something as a white man (laughs) it's so refreshing to have people who know how to film black skin yeah the and light black skin yeah there's the can i say that you can great because uh i think instead of your fucking game white dps <laughs> i think it's a hard it's a very hard thing especially when you're dealing with like the the biggest issue with filming black people especially if you have a group of, or a ton of black people is that our skin tones are all different well and it was the uh the snl gaffer who got some heat because he very openly said to keenan thompson I hope you don't get weekend update because you're going to make my job harder. Right. Because you're going to be next to a white girl, and I just don't know what I'm going to do. Right. And it's like, well, you don't say you that. Can't say, yeah. <laughs> we all know it. Right. Everybody in the industry was We're like, "That's aware. a perfectly fine and it's, acceptable it thing to sense. say." You just can't vocalize that. It's um, a hard thing to do, man. It is, and I, I think there's the shot that we. we it's you really not. Nice. You have to know how to do it. You and I talked about off mic before about the jazz the jazz club that they go to and you can just feel the sweat you can feel that that's an air conditioned small it's a very authentic movie unlike uh, I think we said Green Book you can tell that this person every city feels different everything feels lived in it's a very tangible and real lived in it feels dirty when it's supposed to feel dirty yeah Um, and and I think that is why I attach so many things to this movie also because of the world we live in, it just feels like it's the right time to sort of see this sort of thing. Um, I think I, the only issue with the movie is something that the movie imposes on itself. Yeah. Which is comparing it to Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. And that really isn't that big of a problem, aside from the fact that now I know the you, ending. The ending is ruined for you. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, I guess if you had compared yourself to Bonnie and Clyde and not have this ending... I would have been annoyed, but yeah. because in your own um, dialogue you announced that they're the Black Bonnie and Clyde, so which you know, also they're not because they're not necessary. They're not Bonnie and Clyde were evil people; like they actively tried to k- k- kill people. If I may counter that point, rob people. Bonnie and Clyde stole from a bank, right? At a time when where the banks, banks were, were the villains, correct? Queen and Slim shot a cop. Yes, they did. Which I can argue, you shouldn't shoot a cop. But right now, similar to the banks, they're the bad guy. Yes. So they both attack an institution that, that is, is supposed to, to be, be the good guy. Correct. And isn't. Yes. So you're a little Especially bit like, fuck yeah. At attacking at the time of the people who are being marginalized versus them. Right. Yes. 
Correct. So that's where you're supposed to be like, no, no, they're the good guy. Yeah. It's just kind of a bummer because you want them to make it out so bad. Yeah, there are a couple of... It's a weird thing because it's... A, uh, there are a group of black people and there are a group of black people on this side. Some like this film, some people don't. Um, the people that don't fall into the port, they can say that this is kind of the torture or the um, the, the racial porn that we keep getting where we, we keep getting killed at the end of every movie. Um, you kind of know that going in when you use the Bonnie and Clyde terms, but yes, seeing them shot to holy hell at the end of the film is hard for a lot of people of, of color. And I get it. But they keep that situation complicated. Yeah. So they don't just shoot. Somebody shoots and they go, who did that? Who did that? that? Right. And, Which is like, great. And I think for me, why it works is that I, there is no real bad person because the person that put them in that situation is also black. He was, That's what they do so well right. in this movie is there isn't, it isn't about race. Right. It's about race, but it's also not about race. Right. It's really about good and bad and kind of the prejudices that we put on the concept of good and bad. Yeah. Because like I just said earlier, to play devil's advocate to myself, the cops are supposed to be good. Right. The banks are supposed to be good. These are things that we want to be yeah. good. If they're bad, it fucking falls apart. It does. It gets the messy. people who hunt the bad guys shouldn't be bad guys. Yeah. But they are. It's such a... As I went back and like watched this movie, when this movie was over, and I sat back and thought about it, I was like, "Oh, the the bounty of this movie happens when they're un, in the house of the the rich white, well, well-to-do white people who have a bad mortgage on their head. They got to help them, them out, but they want to help them out. And I was like, they're not going to drop a dime on them. However, if they run into another black person, it can go either way because they might need to have the money to. And I was like, hmm. and it happened. I was like, shit, that's a really well done. It's definitely one of those interesting movies where on its surface, I can just be like, it's Bonnie and Clyde. You know how it's going to end. Don't go. Right. But then I'm like, but if you really want to have a conversation about this movie, it's a lot. And that's why I'm like, ah, don't just say you're the black Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Because now you've just, you've tried. You've put yourself into this hole You've now. tried to make us, you're trying to make it more accessible. Right. But in doing so, I think you're making a lot of people be like, okay, so I know the ending. Right. And yeah. they do. And they do. And that's and that's sad. A shame. Yeah. Because there's so many there's more complicated to this being, themes yeah. in there and interesting characters and even hypocrisy in what those characters do. Correct. The God loving lawyer locks a cop in the truck. And is the one essentially responsible for them getting the into whole thing. this mess. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. So that's a fun talking point. Yeah. You get into this weird thing where like then they meet another cop who's like, look, I'm with you. I know people in that right. city who are bad and they don't trust him. And it's like, well, maybe if we had trusted this guy, this it. wouldn't have happened. You get into and, legacy. You get into black people honoring them and respecting them, but doing it for the wrong reasons, looking at the wrong things that they like the actual killing as opposed to you guys standing up for yourself. It's 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 layered. But when you say Black Bottom and Clyde, it becomes very simple for people. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I don't need to see this. They thing. robbed a bank and they died. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the end. Right. Cut to black. <laughs> yeah. Or white. <laughs> um, I liked it. What was your uh, number two? Booksmart. Yeah. The unsung hero of 2019. <laughs> the little engine that couldn't. Yeah. Um, I love this setup for a movie because it will always speak to all the things I thought high school would be. Mm-hmm. But this is also similar to, if I may, Queen and Slim, Black Bonnie and Clyde. Not really what it is. Right. We all thought this was Female girls. Super, super bad. bad. Yeah. It's not. Not. 
What I love about this movie, and I was going to put it on my top five list anyways because I was like, it was fun and people should see it and support it and it's important. But I just rewatched it on a plane coming home from Illinois. And it's just so funny. Yes. And not only is it funny, and not only is it a much more empathetic version of Superbad, all of these characters have an arc. There's kind of a meaning behind it. They nailed what I had to deal with in high school, where I all of a sudden was like, wait a minute. I'm like a C student. I understand the A students who are killing themselves doing better than me. That's what I'm rebelling against. But you motherfuckers who are drinking, and I'm not drinking because I'm a good kid. Are still getting to the same. Are spot. also getting yeah. the A's? But that's, Fuck this. Yeah, I was like, that is awesome. Like, what a great inciting yeah. incident to just be like, I'm on my high horse. Oh, you got it too? Right. And you have a more fulfilling life than me? You got to live your high school Fuck. life. Fuck. Yeah. That's I, so good. It is. Um, and all these characters are unsung high school heroes. Yeah. And kind of like, they don't really do any like loser cool kid tropes. And instead they do what I think is a much more realistic version of that, of just like, these people know their circles. Yeah. You have the theater kid who's doing a murder mystery. Right. You have the cool kids yes. who are playing beer pong. Everyone kind of knows their place and accepts it, mm -hmm. which is, I think, much more what it is than like the 80s. Yes. Or even like the Simpsons Nelson beating up Bart. And I also love that this movie does a good point to prove out that even if you're in one of those cliques, you have a hybrid. You're a hybrid. You can, you can move be in, around. You can move around because when she goes to the party and hangs out with the guy that she thought was the jock who wasn't paying, he, he can converse with her. Her and have fun with her just like he could anybody else that was it's a, it's an interesting level. movie that i think the main theme of is people are more complicated than what you see at a face level right which is one of the hardest things to learn in high school because you want forever to be your brain works right. better when you put things into a black box. and white yeah and it's a lot easier to be like well they all went in party because they're partiers but i am an a student and then when you find out that people can do all of it right it does kind of it fuck breaks you. you up. You're kind of like, wait, what? Like, wait, I could have done all this. <laughs> right. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, oh no. Yeah. They deal with sexuality. They deal with, they, in a weird way, your own presumptions of people. Mm -hmm. The character that the girl is into, who's a female, isn't gay. Right. And I think they did a very good job of making her a stereotypical what you would gay consider girl. To be the, yeah. And then you're like, oh no. I also have assumptions. Right, it's like, I am also the problem. <laughs> it's funny, it's charming, it's, it's well-directed. It's heartbreaking, too. Like, that whole Ooh. shooting under the pool and coming out and seeing that gutted me. And I was like, oh, God, I'm not, I'm a teenage girl right now. What is happening? All the beats are... It's yeah. firing on all cylinders. It's a shame. I think about Marriage Story, and a part of me is like, maybe this would have just done better on Netflix. Do we live in a world where more eyes would have gotten on this? I think the word of mouth would have gotten would have been stronger and bigger had it hit Netflix, where people can kind of just consume it. On their now own. look, opening weekend, Aladdin, and Brightburn, bad times right. for all yeah. except Aladdin. Right. But it's a bummer because I think that I think this is probably one of the. I talk a lot about wanting comedies to come back and mm. blockers and game night happened and tag happened and. You know, the, the like sex comedies that yeah. I grew up with, the road trips and American Pies and Austin comedies. Powers probably are done. Right. But like let's make way for these really smart yeah. comedies. Right. No, this like, is this is this is my number six film. It's just it just fell out of my five. I love this movie. It's my favorite comedy of the year outside of number one, which is not quite a comedy. Yeah, and I, I just don't think we get enough of it. Yeah. 
And it's hard. It's a hard genre to hit. It is. But when you hit it. It was funny. The one thing that I, I had heard that I was like, oh, that could explain it too. Um, dads or older men, for some reason, had a hard time seeing young girls doing the same thing that young boys do in high school. Oh, not, of course. Not really. Because we're know. monsters. Yeah, because Why would you want right. your daughter doing that? <laughs> right. And I'm like, they're the same we're in the same no shut up but i that i've heard that more than once and i was like oh i guess that's a really a thing but all right whatever i mean look you and i are 30 or higher right the reality is if you're 13 to 24 which is the perception the studios have to go to movies and they're not wrong and you want more things like book smart go yeah fuck what the older men are not going thank right go yeah Go. It's the same thing with voting, right? When they're like, why didn't this happen? Y'all didn't vote. You didn't vote. Yeah. I have the numbers to prove it. <laughs> I have the numbers to prove this, too. Y'all could have gone, but you saw Aladdin. I don't yeah, know what to tell you. That made a million. Then you all, it made a billion, billion dollars. dollars. Y'all went to Aladdin. Don't tell me you didn't. <laughs> Statistically, you did. And if you didn't see Aladdin, you also probably didn't see Booksmart. Yeah. So you're not winning either way. Right. You just didn't go to the theaters at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck you. I get it. It's 25 bucks. Get a fucking A-list and show up. Unless you live in Louisville, Kentucky, in which case that's quite difficult. It's, it's very far. <laughs> Shall we do our number ones? Our number one. I don't know how long we've been talking, but I'm sure it's over an hour. Uh, this one's easy because I believe our number one is the same. My number one is Jojo Rabbit. Oh, my God. So is mine. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Jojo Rabbit. Um, Another smart comedy that had something to say. Yeah. Uh, this is a hard movie for Fox Searchlight and Disney to promote. Because it's it can it can go it could go left real fast if it had a and once they unthaw Walt Disney's head and he <laughs> sees that we made the Nazis the like, bad guys. Um, but this movie is fun. It's smart and it is it's heartfelt. Like these kid actors are phenomenal. Like all three of them. Um, and I think the relationship between the young boy and the young girl is great. His friend is fantastic. But for two movies on my top five, Scarlett Johansson kicks me in the face if she would just stop saying, saying stupid, stupid stuff because <laughs> i feel the same way i'm like god damn it i want to love you so much but you make it hard <laughs> yeah both That's what true love is man <laughs> both such films. smart directing yeah very smart in that we open with the sig hiles yeah with beatlemania showing us if you want to think about it it was kind of the same thing. It was. Something swept the nation yeah. and we just accepted, accepted it. it. Just took it for at face value. It. Yeah. And it make I want to hold your hand. Mm -hmm. It's hands going up. That is some A level directing. Taika Waititi's Jojo or Jojo. Uh, uh Hitler. It's great. great. And I love that this movie Sam Rockwell before this you closeted even, gay closeted character. Gay, before you even get the the credits for Jojo, you you're introduced to this tone of this film immediately like he immediately comes in with this is the Hitler and we're going to the hell Hitler before we get into the film because we're going to break you into this if you're in you're in if you're not this might be the time for you to get off this ride because this is what the tone of this is going to be um, and I think there's so many great characters and the Sam Rockwell is great because I, I think you think he's one way and then at the end of it, you're like, oh, no, you actually care about this. 100% he's been helping the Allies. All the time. Yes, 1,000%. Yeah. Because that was even his line in the beginning where he's like, I got wounded in a very avoidable accident. Yeah. I was like, oh, you let yourself get hurt. Well, because I saw this movie pretty quick back-to-back -back in theaters. And my the question that I, all, I had the first time was, um, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but you should. But there's a moment when... Um, 
Sam Rockwell's character comes to the house with with the yeah, and I was like, does he know the inciting incident that happens before that? Before he goes, and I was like, oh, he absolutely. The second time I saw, he also he tells Jojo that his mom was an actual well, good person. Right. Yeah, um, and that makes that sequence so much harder for him because the way that he looks is like I got to make sure that this kid is okay and that he and this girl because I know what she was doing with this girl. They have to both be, get out of this to be okay. And I was like, oh, this is hard. This Man, is and just. The hits never stop. Yeah. The comedy never stops. It keeps you on your toes. You get you. It's a pendulum swing from from comedy to heartfelt moments, and it does it so seamlessly. It's it's really well. This done. is kind of when I think about best picture outside of like innovating the industry. Right. There's not one aspect of this movie that isn't at a ten. Right. Will it win best picture? Of course not. No. Will it be nominated? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, it's a tough sell it for is. older people yeah. who are in the academy. It's an easy sell for us. We're like, it's happening it, again. Right. Um, I don't have much else to say on it. It's great. It's a great It's a great film. I honestly think um, of all the movies that I've said, obviously you probably have seen Endgame, but of all the movies that, I've, that we've said on this list, this is the one that if you have not seen, you need to. Yeah, I mean, I would say all of these. That you I, yeah, I'd say all these of them. All yeah. end game aside, which you should watch anyways because right. it's great. All of these are smaller, innovative, Quality, new, challenging, different. original IP. Yeah. This is what you're telling us you want? And then, and this is what you're saying you want? And it's here. Like, and if you, you don't go, here. it's on you. And I yeah. don't want to make this whole podcast about how you need to go see original movies, but go see original movies. Yeah. Uh, that's our show, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I had to round out a top ten, I would throw in Us, Dolomite is My Name, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, and Uncut Gems. Yeah, but we're have, not doing that. I have Us and, and Dolomite in my top, overall top ten. Yeah, as well. yeah. and Endgame is in there. And Endgame, so, yeah, so, good movies. Yeah, of course you should leave us a review on iTunes, and of course you should follow us on Twitter and Facebook at at Hollywood ADI and Facebook.com slash groups slash Hollywood already did it. I'm at as always Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and that's yes. it. 2019 is over. It's a new decade which means new defining trends because if there's one thing we've learned it's that in five years we'll just know what the thousands were <laughs> the same way that now we have 80s movies and 90s movies yes. so where's our clueless of the decade <laughs> is it jojo rabbit yes 